Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. I'm Richard Grund. Welcome to Overwatch, airing only on Firefall Talk Radio and the Firefall Network. You may not always agree with our point of view, a spiritual, biblical viewpoint, and even if you don't agree with it or understand it, you will be challenged, informed, and hopefully inspired to do your own research to know more. You should want to know more, to come to your own conclusions. Overwatch was created to take Reflections in the Dark to the next level. Reflections in the Dark was a boots-on-the-ground point of view. Overwatch is a view from above, a point of view with a distinctive spiritual and, at times, biblical viewpoint, biblical mindset, biblical perspective. Now, you may not see that or agree with it. We just simply ask that you keep an open mind. Because that's how we're going to do it. That's how we ride. That's how Overwatch does things. We take a spiritual, supernatural viewpoint of current events, politics, finance, cybersecurity, and trends, prophecy in the end times, religion, and the paranormal, and offer it to you for your consideration. Do not be ignorant. Do not be caught off guard. Now, one of the big topics over the last couple of months has been the COVID-19 pandemic, and within that has been a sub-topic of the rollout of 5G and the possible connection between the two. Is there one? And if there is, how big of a connection is it? Some people have made it the main event. Some have completely disregarded it. We fit somewhere in the middle, and we'll explain to you why. But the catch is, the longer this event goes on, the more unanswered questions arise. Misdirection and misinformation flourishes. And many of you are responding just the way they want you to, emotionally, viscerally, and not thinking, not using deductive reasoning. And that's what we're here to do. Although we may lean towards certain perspectives that some may consider conspiracy theory, we always offer you the facts. We always offer you our research to verify why we think what we think. But from day one of this outbreak, this COVID-19 coronavirus, Chinese bioweapon, SRT Overwatch has been on topic and on point. We've strived to keep you updated and informed, and much of what we were telling you in December and January has become big news to some in March and April. Now, we don't have a crystal ball. Crystal balls are no good anyway, except for ornaments, but we do a lot of research. We spend a lot of time reading and praying about what we read. We look at all the information coming out and see where the dots connect. And while many will skew the facts towards their particular viewpoint, we endeavor to be fair and impartial as much as possible. And while we may present to you an opinion that some would deem us conspiracy theorists, over the years we found that conspiracy theory can indeed become conspiracy fact. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. 
And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence. and the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, Without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, 
that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. That was John F. Kennedy addressing the American Newspaper Publishers Association on April 27, 1961. It has become known as his secret society speech. What is a conspiracy theory? It's a theory seeking to explain a disputed case or matter as a plot by a secret group or alliance rather than an individual or isolated act. It's a hypothesis alleging that the members of a coordinated group are and or were secretly working together to commit illegal or wrongful actions, including attempting to hide the existence of the group and its activities. In notable cases, the hypothesis contradicts the mainstream explanation for historical or current events, or it's the hypothetical speculation that is untrue or outlandish. Well, that's what they want you to think. The term conspiracy theory is used to shut off debate or to signal that we're entering the unspeakable zone on a particular topic that has already had a predetermined description. As discussed on Overwatch and Reflections in the Dark, this began in 1967 in a CIA memo entitled Countering Criticism of the Warren Commission Report. The memo played a definitive role in making the term conspiracy theory a weapon to be wielded against almost any individual or group that questions anything the government does, including clandestine programs or activities that are, without a doubt, questionable. CIA document 1035-960, if you want to look it up, was released in response to a 1976 Freedom of Information Act request by the New York Times. The directive was especially significant because it outlines the CIA's concern regarding, quote, the whole reputation of the American government regarding the Warren Commission report. The agency was especially interested in maintaining its own image and its role as contributing to the information of the Warren investigation. The trail always seems to find its way back to that particular organization. The memorandum laid out a detailed series of actions and techniques for, quote, countering and discrediting the claims of conspiracy theorists so as to inhibit the circulation of such claims in other countries, end quote. For example, approaching friendly elite contacts, especially politicians and editors, to remind them of the Warren Commission's integrity and soundness should be prioritized. I'm reading from the document. The charges of the critics are without serious foundation, the document reads, and further speculative discussion only plays into the hands of the communist opposition. When in doubt, bring out the communist boogeyman. Not saying that they don't exist, but sometimes they bring it out just to cover things up. The agency also directed its members to, quote, employ propaganda assets to negate and refute the attacks of the critics, book reviews, and feature articles particularly appropriate for this purpose. Memo 1035-960 further delineates the techniques for countering, quote, conspiratorial arguments centering on the Warren Commission's findings. Such responses and their coupling with a specific label called conspiracy theorist, would be routinely wheeled out in various ways by corporate media outlets, commentators, and political leaders to this day against those demanding truth and accountability about such public events. We also know from the declassified documents that the CIA undertook a massive secret campaign known as Operation Mockingbird to smear the critics of the Warren Commission with the label conspiracy theorist. So remember, when you hear today about COVID-19 or Bill Gates or anything else that they're suddenly labeling conspiracy theory, they're trying to dissuade you from looking into it, from asking questions. More generally, Operation Mockingbird was the CIA's secret program to plant stories in the nation's most prestigious news outlets to discredit people. Peter Janney, the author of the book Mary's Mosaic, The Conspiracy to Murder JFK, Mary Pinchot Meyer, and Their Vision for World Peace, he wrote a guest column on justiceintegrity.org, and this is what he said. In April 1967, 
the CIA created a 50-page memo known as CIA Dispatch 1035-960. The directive was sent to various CIA stations. It instructs agents to contact their media contacts and explain to them how best to respond to anyone who was criticizing the conclusion of the Warren Report. A set of, quote, talking points was also included that raised questions about the motive and competence of anyone who called into question the lone gunman theory. With this memo and the CIA's influence in the media, the concept of conspiracy theorists was engendered and infused into our political lexicon and became what is today a term to smear, denounce, ridicule, and defame anyone who dares to speak about any crime committed by the state military, or intelligence services. Peter Janney, whose late father, Wistar Janney, was a high-ranking CIA executive. He continued with his explosive comments by saying, people who want to pretend that conspiracies don't exist, when in fact they are among the most common modus operandi of significant historical change throughout the world and in our country become furious when their naive illusion is challenged. Operation Mockingbird at its peak involved all of the leading news organization through their owners and top executives. The 1976 Church Commission revealed that for foreign news media, the report concluded the CIA currently maintains a network of several hundred foreign individuals around the world who provide intelligence for the CIA and at times attempt to influence opinion through the use of covert propaganda. These individuals provide the CIA with direct access to a large number of newspapers and periodicals, scores of press services and news agencies, radio and television stations, commercial book publishers, and other foreign media outlets. What about domestic media? Well, the report stated approximately 50 of the agency assets are individual American journalists or employees of the U.S. media organization. Of these, fewer than half are accredited by U.S. media organizations. The remaining individuals are non-accredited freelance contributors and media representatives abroad. More than a dozen United States news organizations and commercial publishing houses formally provided cover for CIA agents abroad. A few of these organizations were unaware that they indeed provided this cover. I thought that it was a matter of uh, real concern that planted stories intended to serve a national purpose abroad um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because uh, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. And we're looking at that very carefully. Uh, at CBS, uh, we uh, had been contacted by the CIA. As a matter of fact, by the time I became the head of the whole news and public affairs operation in 1954, ships had been established, and I was told about them and asked if I'd carry on with them. I think it was entirely in order for our correspondents at that time uh, to make use of uh, CIA agent ch uh, chiefs uh, of station and other members of the executive staff of CIA as sources of information which were useful in their assessments of world conditions. Would you say that continues today? Well, I, yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations of the period of the 1970s, uh, it seems to me that a reporter's got to be much more circumspect in doing it now, or he runs the risk of uh, at least being looked at with considerable disfavor by the public. I think you've got to be much more careful about it. That's something you've heard here before on Overwatch and on Reflections in the Dark. That's from the 1976 Church Committee hearings into the CIA and Operation Mockingbird. In February 1976, then-CIA Director... George H.W. Bush announced in an even more restrictive policy effective immediately, the CIA will not enter any paid or contractual relationship with any full-time or part-time news correspondents accredited by any U.S. news service, newspaper, periodical, or radio or television network or station. Basically what he was saying, it had become a voluntary situation with the media. And we know that it continues until today especially 
now with what's going on regarding COVID-19, the coronavirus, the Wuhan lab, China, and everything that circles around that. If you follow me on social media, you know that I posted this quote by Henry David Thoreau, which says, think for yourself or others will think for you without thinking of you. It's time to open our eyes. It's time for us to think clearly. It's time for us to accept the unacceptable, filter it through, and come out with what possibly is the truth. Now, what does this have to do with 5G, which is what we're talking about? And how is it connected to the end-time beast of the book of Revelation? Stay tuned to find out. Hello, I'm Richard Grund. You know we're being encouraged to keep a safe distance and stay at home for our own safety, watching our hands, being proactive against infection, and I get that, it's important. What no one seems to be promoting is building your immune system to give it the ability to withstand this and any virus. People that are the most at risk are the ones with compromised immune system. And that doesn't just mean underlying medical issues, that means unhealthy, weak bodies. We should be working hard at building strong immune systems, eating right, taking the right quality supplements, exercise, and get some sunshine. God gave us this amazing body, and we should be taking better care of it. If you need help with that, look no further than my son, Jesse Grund, certified strength coach and mobility expert. His company, Unconventional Strength at unconstrength.com, U-N-C-O-N-S-T-O-N. R-E-N-G-T-H dot com. He's also on Facebook and Instagram. You will get knowledgeable, quality information and be supporting a small business owner. Workouts and nutritional information you can apply wherever you are. You may say, I can't afford to, but can you afford not to? It's your body, your health. It's an investment in yourself. Fireful Talk Radio. Enlighten. Inspire. Encourage. Welcome back. In the book Behold a Pale Horse, William Cooper begins in chapter 1, laying out the timeline and plan for the global elite. And it ties in very well, very closely, with what we're seeing regarding 5G, the rollout, the overtaking of the communication systems, satellites, towers, and everything that goes with it. He entitles the chapter, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, the Illuminati's Declaration of War Upon the People of America. And his subnote reads, Read top-secret documents which explains that Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars is the doctrine adopted by the policy committee of the Bilderberg Group during its first known meeting in 1954. A copy found in 1969 was in the possession of naval intelligence. The following document, dated May 1979, was found on July 7, 1986, in an IBM copier that had been purchased at a surplus sale. Well, be sure your sins will find you out. The top secret document, Technical Manual, TM-SW 7905.1, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, an Introductory Programming Manual, Operations Research. It is patently impossible, he says, to discuss social engineering or the automation of a society, i.e. the engineering of social automation systems, silent weapons, his subnote. I'm reading from the book, which is the document itself, and he will occasionally put in some side notes in capital letters. If you haven't read Behold a Pale Horse, you should. On a national or worldwide scale, without implying extensive objectives or social control and destruction of human life, i.e. slavery and genocide. This manual is in itself an analog declaration of intent. Such a writing must be secured from public scrutiny, otherwise it might be recognized as a technically formal declaration of domestic war. Furthermore, 
whenever any person or group of persons in a position of great power and without full knowledge and consent of the public uses such knowledge and methodology for economic conquest, it must be understood a state of domestic warfare exists between said person or group of persons and the public. I know that this book was written in the 1990s, 1991 to be exact, and I know that they silenced William Cooper to keep him from opening any more eyes. The information still applies. The solution, it goes on to say, it goes on to say, and this is again from the memo itself to whomever it was sent to, the solution of today's problems requires an approach which is ruthlessly candid, with no agonizing over religious, moral, or cultural values. You have qualified for this project because of your ability to look at human society with cold objectivity, and yet analyze and discuss your observation and conclusion with others of similar intellectual capacity without a loss of discretion or humility. Such virtues are exercised in your own best interest. Do not deviate from them. Cooper states that this manual and its intent was a declaration of war on the citizens of America. We have been in a secret war, a hidden war, for a very long time, but at least since the late 40s and early 50s, when groups like the Bilderbergers, the Council for Foreign Relations, and the elusive Illuminati, which, yes, does exist, began down this road. Let's continue to look at this document. This is the introduction. Silent Weapon Technology has evolved from operations research otherwise known as OR, a strategic and tactical methodology developed under the military management, which was Eisenhower, in England during World War II. The original purpose of operations research was to study the strategic and tactical problems of air and land defense with the objective of effective use of limited military resources against foreign enemies under the category of logistics. It was soon recognized by those in positions of power, like the Council on Foreign Relations, that the same methods might be useful for totally controlling a society. But better tools were necessary. Social engineering, the analysis and automation of a society, requires the correlation of great amounts of constantly changing economic information, i.e. data, so a high-speed computerized data processing system necessary which could race ahead of the society and predict when society would arrive for a capitulation. Now, if you're following HBO's show Westworld and its third season has, has deviated from the original concept of the resorts for the rich, but now we're dealing in society. The story is taking place in society about a group of people who were manipulating and covertly programming people according to what the algorithm said would be the outcome of their life. This is hinting at that. Relay computers were too slow back then, but the electronic computer invented in 1946 by J. Presper Eckert and John W. Mockley filled the bill. The next breakthrough was the development of the simplex method of linear programming in 1947 by mathematician George B. Dantzig. Then in 1948, the transistor invented by J. Bardeen, W. H. Bretain, and W. Shockley promised great extension of the computer field by reducing space and power requirements. With these three inventions under their direction, those in positions of power strongly suspected that it was possible for them to control the whole world with the push of a button. I find this really interesting because we know in 1947 Roswell happened, the first recorded UFO activity, and then from there UFO activity and alien abductions took off. Is there a correlation between that and the arrival of the fallen angels and their demonic offspring, whether through uh, covert means, whether through the Babylon um, workings? by Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard, which opened a window they never closed. I don't know, but it just seems like all of this seems to overlap. Going on to the memo, the public cannot comprehend this weapon and therefore cannot believe that they are being attacked and subdued by such a weapon. The public might instinctively feel that something is wrong. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, Cooper wrote. 
but because of the technical nature of the silent weapon, they can ex- not express their feeling in a rational way or handle the problem with intelligence. Therefore, they do not know how to cry for help, do not know how to associate with others to defend themselves against it. See, this is where 5G, the Internet, and everything that's going on right now to shut down the flow of information, to shut down our ability to meet together and interact. Social distancing, I believe, is a prelude to societal distancing so that we can't gather together, talk about things, and expose such things. You see... This has always been the hidden agenda, to separate and overcome us. Let's go on. When a silent weapon is applied gradually, the public adjusts, adapts to its presence, and learns to tolerate its encroachment on their lives until the pressure, psychological via economic, becomes too great and they crack up. Therefore, the silent weapon is a type of biological warfare. Hmm. It attacks the vitality options, and mobility of the individuals of a society by knowing and understanding, manipulating, and attacking their sources of natural and social energy and their physical, mental, and emotional strengths and weaknesses. Under a subtitle of diversion, the primary strategy goes on. Experience has proven that the simplest method of securing a silent weapon and gaining control of the public is to keep the public undisciplined and ignorant of basic system principles on the one hand, while keeping them confused, disorganized, and distracted with matters of no real importance on the other hand, uh, like fake news. This is achieved by one disengaging their minds, sabotaging their mental activities, providing a low-quality program of public education, mathematics, logic, systems design, and economics, and discouraging technical creativity. Two, engaging their emotions, increasing their self-indulgence and their indulgence in emotional and physical activities by a. Unrelenting emotional confrontations and attacks, mental and emotional rape, by way of a constant barrage of sex, violence, and wars in the media, especially the TV and the newspapers, giving them what they deserve in excess junk food for thought, depriving them of what they really need. 3. Rewriting history and law and subjecting the public to the deviant creation, thus being able to shift their thinking from personal needs to highly fabricated outside priorities. These preclude their interest in and discovery of silent weapons of social automation technology. The general rule is that there is profit in confusion. The more confusion, the more profit. Therefore, the best approach is to create problems and then offer the solution. Well, isn't that what's happening right now, the pandemic? Let's create a virus. Let's create a problem and then offer the solution of a vaccine, which everybody will clamor for, which you won't be able to go out. You won't be able to travel. You won't be able to do anything without a vaccine, by the way, which probably won't work because they never do. Name one vaccine against one virus that has ever worked. We're seeing what Bill Cooper wrote about in 1991 happening in real time. Going on, the last sentence that I just read to you that the general rule is that there is profit and confusion. The more confusion, the more profit. Therefore, the best approach is to create problems and then offer the solutions. This is the reason why people choose to ignore silent weapons for quiet wars. People are not ready to admit that they've been cattle or worse, sheeple. They're not prepared to think for themselves and fight and, if necessary, die for freedom. It's an indictment of the citizens of the United States, and that is the total confirmation of the truth of the information contained in silent weapons for quiet wars. Implementation of this agenda was relying upon controlling the communications connections. At the time of the writing, By satellite communication network, it has since grown to include all manner of communication, but especially electronic and digital. If you think that smart TV came into your life because they wanted you to be smart, no, they wanted to become more smart by knowing what you were thinking, what you were saying, what you were watching, what you were buying, And they're listening to you, whether on your cell phone or your computer or anything that allows them access to your world. And the harder you try to block them out, the more that they intrude. Let me play for you a clip 
This is from Congressman Larry McDonald, a Democrat from Georgia, on the Crossfires show, which was hosted by Pat Buchanan and Tom Braden in May of 1983. If you don't know who Tom Braden is, a former CIA operative who became a syndicated newspaper columnist, a liberal co-host of the CNN talk show Crossfire, and author of Eight is Enough, the 1975 memoir that spawned the popular television series. There's something I didn't know. Let me play you this clip. Well, Tom, I'm sure being a long-standing member of the Rockefeller apparatus uh, and as a member of the Council on Foreign Relations of Longstanding, you're fully aware that you, there is an elitist core in this country that has seen value in subsidizing communism or protecting communism. There is an elite core in this country that has dominated American society. Well, I'm not one of them. Well, I mean, trilateral Commission. A trilateral Council Commission. On Council Relations. on Foreign Relations. State Here's Department, I suppose. Well, let's face it, they've dominated the State Department for 40 years, mm -hmm. and uh, pretty much openly All so. Right, but what are they trying to do? Well, their now? objective is to try to bring about a gradual transition in our society, a dissolving of sovereignty, and the elitist groups that I mentioned, particularly key individuals and policymakers in the Council on Foreign Relations. Is the International Monetary Fund part of this? Well, I would say the International Monetary Fund has certainly been set up for the purpose of facilitating that transfer of sovereignty and transfer of wealth on the road. Right, we elected Mr. Conservative. Let me just finish the point, right. because otherwise we'll have a lot of un unanswered questions, that you are looking at a group that has worked to bring about a dissolution of national sovereignties on the road to world government. And certainly uh, you're familiar with the local professor, Carol Quigley, who has been part of your club, in which he admitted all this. And he said in his book, Tragedy and Hope, the only thing I disagree is that we've worked to keep it a secret. And you see Arthur Schlesinger, Jr., writing way back in 1947, says, yes, this is the hidden policy of America. But we can't tell the American public because they're too unsophisticated to see the Who, value. Well, I think there are those that realize that moving straight from a prototype of the United Nations into world government perhaps is tactically impossible. But phasing out uh, increasingly national sovereignty into regional government uh, and phasing out sovereignties into international treaties in multiple areas. The whole area, the whole movement toward quote interdependence. Yeah. Bill Casey is a part of this conspiracy well, that's trying to Bill bring Casey, about world before, government. Before he became CIA, one of his big jobs was aiding in the transfer of technology and uh, goods and so forth to the Soviet Union, uh, helping the Camel River Project, the Export Import Bank. Oh, helping to finance is these the Export-Import Bank part of the conspiracy? I think the, I'm the whole drive the that the, the fact that the American people have been tapped steadily, especially since World War II, to finance their enemies and to have the massive technology transfer to those uh, well, who I agree with you. You know that from the Braden Doctrine in the, in the agency, uh, which uh, you're very familiar with, and the feeling that uh, we must somehow subsidize the, quote, non-communist left. Uh, that's among our so-called allies. Braden was and in country after country, left? that turned out to be the communists, mm -hmm. the crypto-communists masquerading yeah, as non-communists. If people quietly working together for evil objectives, two or more, that by definition is a conspiracy. You have by their own admission, you look at the tragedy and hope by Professor Carol Quigley, who's a member of this elitist group. He says, sure, we've been working this. Sure, we've been collaborating with communism. Yes, we're working for a global accommodation. Yes, we're working for world government. The only thing I object to is that we have kept it a secret. And I think we've gone so far along, we should come out and say, I'll bet you a dollar and a half that Bill Casey doesn't know who Professor Quigley is. I don't. He's at well, Georgetown a number of years uh, ago. He, he, he died a couple of years ago, and he wrote The Tragedy and Hope. He's a very noted member of, the, of your club, Tom. Well, I'll tell you what, what you ought to do is go back and look at your founder, Edward Mandel House, because he wrote the book Philip Drew Administrator. And Colonel in this, House. Colonel House said that what he envisioned for the world was a world government along socialist lines as envisioned by Karl Marx. Now, that's, mm -hmm. that's your leader. Uh -huh. Tom, so you got to go back to the beginning. Well, his leader was Woodrow Wilson. Do you think he was a communist? No, oh, I think Woodrow Wilson uh, was his follower. Uh, I think Edward Mandel House dominated Wilson, not the other way around. Uh, but there is, has been, unfortunately, in the West, uh, an element. Uh, there are good members in the Council on Foreign Relations, dedicated patriotic people. You've had Sproul Brayton, who was a member of the Council of the Birch Society. Bill Buckley's And Council on Foreign Relations. You've got some dedicated people. But the driving forces have very clearly been willing to collaborate, subsidize, work for technology transfer for what they feel is some type of an accommodation and merger. And I, I submit this would be a disaster for the American Republic. That was a series of clips from that particular interview, and I let it go on as long as I did. 
because I wanted you to hear him talk about two things over and over. Technology, the transfer of technology, and communism and how they're all working together. One clip from the show that I was not able to find to play for you says this. This is Congressman Larry P. McDonald again. The drive of the Rockefellers and their allies is to create one world government combining super capitalism and communism under the same tent, all under their control. Do I mean conspiracy? Yes, I do. I'm convinced that there's such a plot, international in scope, generations old in planning, and incredibly evil in intent. Congressman Larry McDonald happened to be on Korean Airlines Flight 007, which was shot down in 1983. Jerry Falwell told the Washington Post September 2, 1983, There's a real question in my mind that the Soviets may actually have murdered 269 passengers and crew on the Korean Airlines Flight 007 in order to kill Larry McDonald. Well, I think if Jerry were still alive today, he would understand it may not have been the Soviets at all, but the deep state. And I'm just, I'm not saying that that's what happened, but what I'm saying, and this man was a Democrat, by the way, in 1983, he'd be considered a conservative Republican today, but they silenced him. They shut him up. Why? Because he was telling people the truth to open their eyes to the fact that technology and control go hand in hand. Communication is the key. Control communications and you control the people. Control the way they think and you make them think your thoughts. Use technology and, i.e. the media, and you can implant those thoughts yourselves. When we come back from this break, I'm going to talk to you about 5G, what's happening, whether we want it to or not. If you have a business, you need a website. One that tells your story, shows your vision, and portrays your passion. Contact Greg at timetogetasite.com for a free consultation or call 1-800-342-0324. Prospects want to know more about what you have to offer. Don't delay. Go to timetogetasite.com today or call 1-800-342-0324 and ask for Greg. The Porch, an online Bible study and community of believers. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern with archived broadcasts available for listen or download. Get a book of Acts Mindset to shake the world one last time before the return of the King. Firefall Talk Radio. Enlighten. Inspire. Encourage. So let's begin our journey into 5G. We won't finish it all. There's so much to talk about involving 5G, the rollout, uh, virtual reality, things like that. We're going to be on this for a couple of weeks, but I want to get you started. I wanted to put your mind and maybe even your spirit in the right place. So as I said, 5G rollout, it's happening whether we want it to or not. 5G stands for fifth generation. 5G is the key to the Internet of Things. 5G or fifth-generation cellular communications technology is a hot topic across industries far and wide for its potential impact on emerging technology and specifically the Internet of Things, otherwise known as IoT. If you put a D in there, it could be idiot. I don't know. That's just my commentary. Which describes the development, manufacture, and use of connected devices. Uh, let me let me see that. When we allow so many things to think for us, quicker than we can think, in the natural anyway, the technology, the machines, the computers, everything is essentially very covertly and subtly saying it's smarter than us. Folks, that, that's just downright dangerous. But let's get back to the Internet of Things. These devices range from small heart rate monitors to autonomous vehicles, smart home appliances, intelligent factories, and much more. Together, such tools share the use of sensors, chips, processors, 
and so on to collect, transfer, and analyze data, all the while interacting with other devices on a network, and it takes 5G to do that. The Internet of Things is being marketed and sold to the public, us, as a vision of connecting everything possible to the Internet, machines, appliances, objects, devices, animals through their chips and whatever, insects, and even our brains. Oh yes, they're chipping, they're putting wires in. This is to help humanity. I guess they didn't see any of the movies. In addition, the Internet of Things will include artificial intelligence, AI, augmented reality, AR, virtual reality, VR, robots, microchipped humans, and augmented humans. That's humans with some form of technology implanted or integrated into their biology to enhance human characteristics or capabilities. We've been talking about this for years on Reflections in the Dark. And if you extrapolate this out, adding to it supernatural or spiritual uh, insight, you can see how somewhere down the road the enemy won't need to inhabit human bodies. It's probably building its own. But let's get back. Internet of Things sensors and surveillance cameras will pepper our communities as well. We're already seeing that. The new Internet of Things cyber physical systems will render all objects smart, that is, connected to the cloud. If you're going to invest in anything right now, invest in cloud technology, thus enabling pervasive machine-to-machine, otherwise known as M2M, communications, and the massive data collection which, of course, leaves us open to potentially devastating cyber attacks. Another area of investment is cybersecurity. Some of the Internet of Things products currently being manufactured, including driverless cars. We see that Tesla and others have begun the test. They can't do that without 5G. Clothing, toasters, and even coffee makers how about diapers and pacifiers for babies that are being made smart to tell you when the baby needs to be changed or maybe the temperature is not right? Now, we could say, oh, well, that will help me with the baby's health. But it also means you're putting something with an RFID chip into that baby's mouth or up against their bodies. Gee, that should be healthy. There are smart mattresses which have an infidelity detection system in them. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have to laugh at that. Smart toothbrushes with record and notify you how well you are brushing. Hey, Joe, you're not brushing long enough. Joe, Joe, put down the phone, Joe. Brush your teeth, Joe. Things like that. Wi-Fi connected pills, which you swallow, and then transmit health data to your physician. Oh, yeah, no invasion of privacy there. And even smart toilets, which send you a text. You forgot to flush. The Internet of Things even includes sex bots, Bluetooth tampons, I'm not even going to touch that one, and baby pods that mother can insert to serenade the unborn baby. What, where are they inserted? Never mind. And even smart condoms that would measure your performance. If this were a joke, it'd be funny, but it's not a joke. It's what they're working on. Robots, sensors, surveillance cameras, augmented reality. Gaining data, mining data, storing data, which is going to be used by government, law enforcement, the industries involved, and, of course, hackers. I just don't get it. it this will increase the exposure to microwave radiation, which we already know has an adverse impact on both humans and wildlife. Instead of becoming smarter, we're getting dumber. We're giving things over to technology, and it's happening so quickly with the permission of our overlords, i.e. local government, the people that control the industries, executives, and so on. How do we get back our control? I mean, that, that's really got to be the discussion at some point. Uh, the Internet of Things and AI and VR equals ruling the world. You have to have the Internet of Things, i.e. 5G and eventually 6G everywhere. Satellites, towers, your modems, your phones, everything. You add to that artificial intelligence 
and virtual reality, and you're just one step away from something and or someone controlling the way people think and every part of their life. I personally believe that the Antichrist, when he comes forth, will use AI, will use virtual reality, will use augmented intelligence and an augmented reality to change and convince people. There was a, um, a Christian video back in the, I think the uh, 90s, about Revelation where the Antichrist communicated with people through VR glasses. I don't think it's so far off, but I don't think he's going to need the glasses. I think that this will help them like the the Disney statues that you drive by that are actually virtual reality. They're not really there. We know that they're doing that with music stars and, and concerts with people that are long dead. We know that they're planning to insert actors, James Dean and so on, into films through virtual reality. We are so close, but we're not there yet, folks. We have a window of opportunity, A, to get ahead of it, and B, to prepare for it. This is from Futurism.com. The Internet of Things is the connection between the physical world of humans and the digital world of data, and, to some extent, human ideas. Computers, smartphones, smartwatches, tablets, modern TVs, and wearable are all a part of the Internet of Things, the part that is intuitive. However, even everyday appliances like thermostats and smoke detectors are now beginning to boost smart capabilities, which establishes them as the Internet of Things. Our entire transportation system, the way we work, and even how we socialize will all change because of the Internet of Things. Forbes.com from 2017, Amazon, Echo, Fitbit, even your coffee pot. While you may be thinking one of these things is not like the other, they're all the example of the Internet of Things. They are everyday objects that can be connected to the Internet and be recognized by other devices and contribute info to a database. The Internet of Things describes Internet 2.0, where data is created by things. Kevin Ashton is the digital innovation expert who's credited with coining the term Internet of Things, quote, if we had computers that knew everything there was to know about things, using data they gathered without any help from us, we would be able to track and count everything and greatly reduce waste, loss, and cost. We would know when things needed replacing, repairing, or recalling, whether they were fresh or past their best. Now that the Internet of Things has made the physical world one enormous information system, how will the Internet of Things impact businesses in 2017 and beyond? In the next episode of Overwatch, we're going to start talking about the Internet-connected devices. Where are they? What are they? How many? I think right now they're predicting that by 2027, 41 billion Internet of Things devices will be out there. Other estimates push that to 125 billion by 2030. See, this is a long-term plan, connecting automobiles, connecting airplanes. All of this takes 5G technology. All of this takes those towers that you're seeing being put up. All of these take the satellites that are being put up in the sky, which, by the way, are not there yet. As we close out, I want to talk about this video that is being disseminated. Oh, take this righteous before they take it down. Nobody's taking it down. It's a, a South African preacher talking about 5G, saying that the virus out of Wuhan really is 5G radiation. Other people are saying the same thing. People send it to me and goes, oh my goodness, this is true. Let's think about that for a second. First of all, the towers, the satellites, the ability to create that much radiation is not there yet. So more than likely, it's not true. But let me ask you a bigger question. If they kill everybody, who's going to pay for their services? If everybody's dying from 5G radiation, who's going to pay the, the phone companies and the Internet companies for the use of 5G? Do I believe that that kind of radiation has a long-term effect on us? Absolutely. And one of the things that we're doing within SRT is researching ways to protect ourselves, not just from that, but from the massive EMF exposure we have when we deal with the spiritual things we deal with. 
So I definitely believe that you have to watch your health. But if you have a smart meter on your home like we do, in the state of Florida, you cannot refuse them. You cannot have them taken down. Now, in some states, they've allowed the people to reject them and pay extra on the bill. There are parts of the country, the world rather, that do not even allow them because of the amount of radiation they put out. Supposedly, the newer ones don't put out so much radiation. I, I don't believe them. I know that the minute they put one on our home, our, our animals, uh, maybe it was a coincidence, but we've had nonstop cancer and death. But how do you opt out when these people are in the pockets of politicians? It's very difficult to do. So we have to find ways to protect ourselves. We have to find ways to be proactive against these things. But as we get closer to the end, not just of the show, but to the end of time, we're in the end of days. We're in the onset of the days of Noah. We're seeing that explosion of knowledge that Daniel talked about. We're watching it happen exponentially, and we're not even there yet. We're in the onset of it. Can you even imagine over the next three to five, even ten years, if the Lord tarries, where this is going? I personally believe, and I've stated it before and I'll say it again, through prayer, what I believe the Lord has shown me, and if you followed me on Reflections in the Dark or the Porch for, oh, ten years, you'll realize that I've got a pretty good track record. The things that I've been wrong on have been the actual timing or dates, but not the actual events. So here's what I believe. I believe this pandemic will be released and back to somewhat of a normal life in June. I believe they're going to have to back off for a while, whoever did this, whether it was China by itself, China with the help of the CIA, or China with the help of the CIA and the deep state, which might be one of the same. I believe they're going to have to back off. People are angry. People are ready to fight back. They are supplied. They are weaponized or uh, protected, however you want to look at it. Uh, Second Amendment, yay, because without that, your sheeple and the wolves overtake the sheep. I believe that we have about a three-year window before the next pandemic, which will be much, much worse than this, will hit us. I believe we have a three-year window to do what we need to do to get ready financially, physically, geographically, if you understand what I mean. We have an opportunity to prepare and even get ahead of the enemy. We've been playing catch-up for too long. I believe it's time to get ahead. I believe it's time to push back and get ahead of what the enemy is doing so that the enemy is playing catch-up with us. If you want to support what we do here at Firefall Talk Radio, like explosive information shows like this, A, keep us in prayer because you have to know people don't like me doing this kind of stuff. Go to firefalltalkradio.com. At the bottom of the page, there's a way to support us. If you don't want to use PayPal, we're also on the Venmo app as at Firefall Media Group. Or just write us, and we'll let you know how to do that. We have things we need to get done. We've got to get that documentary done. As soon as we're released, it's going to happen. We're going to get out there and do it. There are other ones behind it. There are things that Firefall Talk Radio, Firefall Productions, The Porch, SRT, need to do to be a part of the pushback and get ahead of the enemy. We want you to be a part of that. Please pray for us. Please stand with us. And promote the show. Let people know what we're doing. Let's get this out there. I'm not real big on promotion, but I'm about done with seeing people capitalize on stuff I taught 10 years ago as if it's new revelation. You've been listening to us on Reflections in the Dark or Overwatch or even The Porch. You've been given a head start on a lot of other people. So if that's the case, we're asking that you let people know. Share the links for the shows. Download them. Let them know what we're doing because we're going to keep shining the light. We're going to keep rattling the cages. We're going to keep doing everything that we need to do to keep you prepared. We're going to dig our heels in and we're going to fight. We're going to take a stand. I'm Richard Grunt. This has been Overwatch on Firefall Talk Radio.
Firefall Talk Radio and the Firefall Network. The Porch, an online Bible study and community of believers. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern with archived broadcasts available for listen or download. Get a book of Acts Mindset to shake the world one last time before the return of the King. Firefall Talk Radio. Enlighten. Inspire. Encourage. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. We're living in the age of podcasting, which also means the age of podcast networks with large back catalogs, long-running series, limited programming, and even cross-network collaborations. How are publishers supposed to keep this all organized? With Spreaker, of course. Spreaker's customizable publisher plan lets you organize your content exactly how you want it and gives you enough pod tech tools to monetize the largest back catalogs. If you're into premium offerings for subscribers, check out Spreaker's customized RSS feeds to upload and schedule exclusive content with ease. Or use our campaign manager to manage different campaigns from one central platform. Once your podcast business gets big enough, you can even add multiple networks to one account and collaborators assigned to each one. That helps keep the true crime series away from the comedy podcasts and make sure you get the advertisements that will resonate the most with your listeners. So let's move from the age of podcasting to the age of the podcast network with Spreaker. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com.